Well, hello everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode and an all-new season of Faux Real. Did you miss me? For anyone who may have forgotten, my name is Devlin Wilder. I'm an actor, writer, producer, and creative who loves talking with people, and I want to bring you some really cool conversations with some very amazing guests, and... The first guest that I have in this brand new episode will not disappoint. She is an actor, writer, producer, and two-time Telly Award-winning documentary filmmaker. And now she's a children's author with a very cool children's book called The Pranky Monkey, which you can get at all of your favorite booksellers. On today's episode, I welcome Alexandrina Andre. And you're going to love this conversation. She was so fun to talk to. This was our first time meeting, and it went really well. This is not only the first episode back and a brand new season, but also we got to record in a very, very schmancy recording studio and uh, at an undisclosed location. <laughs> and... It was, uh, it was just amazing. I had so much fun speaking with Alexandrina, and uh, you're going you're gonna to really enjoy this. Let's get right to it. Without further delay, I welcome Alexandrina Andre. Welcome to an all-new episode of Faux Real. My guest this session is a writer, producer, director, actor, and a two-time Telly Award winner. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Alexandrina Andre. Thank you. You said my full name. That's so awesome. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. Thank I had you. to say it all. I've been saying it a lot, you know, before getting here. It's Alexandrina. Ah. It's either Alex... A lot of people call me Alex, or they just call me Drina. Okay. Which <laughs> they're you like, prefer? it's so many syllables. I like my full name. Okay. Like, it's a good challenge. Alex and Drina it is. Yeah. Then. And if I'll not, if it's like, I know, like, also in conversation, like, when we're talking really fast, and people are like, hey, Drina. And it's like, <laughs> sure, sure, totally. Um, well, I, I love it. Um, thank thank you, you so much for being here, especially such a, you know, a random request that I sent you. Uh, <laughs> You were just telling me as we were entering the studio. I was just like, what? That was that was very surprising. Because uh, we have a very cool connection. Yes. That is, we are both contestants this new season on Person, Place, or Thing with Melissa Peterman. Yes. And uh, do you know when your episode is supposed to air? It already aired. It did? Yeah, it aired, um, I want to say, two weekends ago. I was shocked, too, because I actually didn't um, know until, like, a couple days before and I think mine aired on like a Friday night because LA it shows at like eleven o'clock at night, and I found it like the day of or the day before. Um, so I was like, "Oh man, I have to go watch it." It was funny. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check it out. I, I didn't know I didn't know it already aired, or I yeah. would have watched it. In, if you have YouTube TV, because um, I watched it through YouTube TV. Yeah. Right. I think they're putting all the episodes up there because. It's not not many people are tuning in because yeah. it's a syndicated show. It's it's through Fox, but it's Fox syndicated, so it's oh, okay. it's not it's not on primetime. It's kind of 
you know, on different check times. your lo- local your, listings. Exactly, because I told my mom about it, but then for her, it aired at like seven o'clock in the evening. Uh, but then for us, I thought it was gonna be the same time, and then it ended up being like eleven o'clock, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be earlier. Sure. It was all over the place. But um, yeah, it was it was a it was my first time ever being on a game show. So that's a whole nother interesting did, experience. Did you enjoy it? I actually did. I really thought it was fun. And also kind of seeing like the behind the scenes of all of that mm-hmm. was really interesting. I'd always wondered like what goes into how the gears yeah, turn. Yeah, how all does of it, it work? Because I've done TV, I've done theater, I've done, I've worked on movie sets. So I, I've had those experiences, but I've never had a game show experience, and that's actually why I really wanted to do it. I felt like it was kind of like a check out of my bucket list. Absolutely. So I was they so are happy. a lot of fun. This was my second one. Uh, the other one I did was also, um, uh, I'll say, very cheesy. Um, which was People Puzzler, which is on GSN. Oh. And uh, it's hosted by Leah Remini. Okay. Um, and, you know, she uh, she's also very very fun, but in a different way. Really? <laughs> she is, she's a little, a little mean. Oh. <laughs> she's, like funny. She does not hold back her comments at all uh, like you loser so especially <laughs> off camera she's she she really mixes it up and gets a little a little spicy melissa um, was so nice so nice i was really i i i wasn't i wouldn't say i was shocked but i was really comfortable around her just because um i, I remember watching her on reba of course <laughs> yeah all so i was a little bit starstruck even though i've been around other people in, in hollywood but um i was so shocked that her personality is kind of the same like warm bubbly mm-hmm. personality yeah and uh we talked about oprah um oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah because that ended up being my person like i had a whole, whole little, like list of different things but oh, i think sure. that was the only thing that was honestly like stood out everything yeah. else they're just like this is lame <laughs> but but i put that like growing up i would watch the oprah winfrey show on tv because also my mom's really sure i couldn't watch a whole bunch of different things uh. so i was like this five-year-old kid watching the oprah winfrey show <laughs> and so we were like uh talking about that and like the super soul sundays <laughs> and uh the and um there was also a guy on on my show, first it was this, there was this TikTok star, which was really cool. I think he's like a magician, but he's like really big on TikTok. He oh, was wow. on on the show with us, and then there was a guy. His son plays for like this um, MLB team. Like, really? Yeah, I forgot which one it was. Like, I wish I knew about sports, but we were pretty starstruck. I think so. they <laughs> tried to get a lot of influencers as contestants. Yes. Because there was an influencer on my episode as well, oh. which I'd love to talk about. Yours has already aired, and we can yeah. talk about it. Yeah. We can talk about all the things. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything for okay. my episode. Plus, their lawyers will probably come after me. Right. Nobody wants that. We don't want to put too much so, tea out there. <laughs> so I don't want to say who the influencer is, but uh, this person has a lot of followers. Like yeah. A ton of followers. Um, but, uh, I, I had a blast on the show. Same. Um, and yeah, fun. Melissa was just, uh, she was incredible. We, we, we had a cool chat afterwards and, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the episode. It's really fun watching yourself, like, on screen having fun. Yeah. It's, it's just being yourself. Right. And so I was really, um, I was really happy with the, 
Like I got a couple questions right, so I was happy with what ha- what I did. <laughs> you know nice. what I mean? I was happy with that. I got some right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's uh, it it is always exciting to uh, you know, to watch yourself uh, perform, especially you know, um, when you do get it right. I I got, I I was, I didn't do too bad on People Puzzler, but I didn't do great. <laughs> <laughs> also. Man, people puzzler, um, and I've I've shared this story with uh, with a number of people, although I don't think it's come up on the podcast yet because um, I haven't recorded in a while. This is uh, this is this is all all new episodes, you know. It's like a new, new season. So it it is a new season. Yeah, yay! All new <laughs> Yeehaw! Uh, and um, so Leah had to be somewhere that morning. Or that afternoon, I guess. I don't know where she had to be, but she had to be somewhere. So we had to get to set by 5 a.m. so we could take the COVID test and then be in the studio by 5.30. And let me tell you, I I do not do well on on no that sleep. I do very, very poorly. <laughs> and so I did. And uh, <laughs> That is shocking. I think our set time was like 9 Oh yeah, it was a normal time. Yeah, five thirty. I would yeah. be half yeah, a week was, half I sleep. Was My brain was mush, <laughs> completely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a filmmaker. You've had some early days. Oh yeah, definitely. And then late nights. Mm-hmm. You have to like. I have to mentally prepare myself for late night shoots. They're not my favorite, but if you prepare it. Mm-hmm. Then it can it, it can actually go by pretty fast. When I was in film school, though, it was not fun because we would have to work as crew. Sure. And when you're working as crew, it is so different than when you're working as like a director or like a writer or something like that. Like as crew, you're you have so much downtime. Like you're just waiting for the shots to be done. So then it would just be like, oh my god, it just dragged on and on and on. So yeah, no. Night night shoots are not fun if you're not. ATL. <laughs> right. I've done that as crew too a lot and uh, and as background, a lot of hurry up and wait, oh, so yeah. much hurry up and wait. Um, as, as an actor too, but not nearly as much. Uh, you're, you know, you just got, got activity happening pretty yeah. much, you know, the whole time. But Do you like working like as a background? Like on I, sets? I've had a blast doing it when I've done it. Mm-hmm. I try not to do it. i try not to do it uh because it's you know it it gives you a little bit of a of a of a red mark it uh you know um it's kind of one of those unspoken things in the industry if if you know producers and directors know that you're doing a lot of it then they won't they kind of think of you as a background actor and not as an actor and that uh you know that that blows. It's hard to get to like the next stage of uh-huh. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I've had a lot of awesome experiences doing it. I worked on The Dark Knight. And that's the cool the thing about it. And, yeah. You know about like, that's the cool thing about background acting is like you get onto the bigger sets. Yeah. But then, like you said, you also can get stuck in that role of like when they know you're available for mm-hmm. that as a background actor, they're gonna just see you like, oh yeah, that's just what you do. Right. Interesting. I'm a I, professional. <laughs> I want to be seen as a professional. Yes. Let me tell you, of I've course. done some things. <laughs> yeah. Like, for, I've never had the experience working in background, 
But, um, I mean, I did do, like, um, I guess, I don't even know what that role would be. Like, I did, like, a true crime series. Oh, yeah? Where, like, you play the victim. Have you ever seen? Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Which is, like, yeah. I don't know. Well, on the, like, what is it, the ID network or, so, or oxygen. something? Oxygen. Oh, Oxygen. Yeah, okay, they have uh-huh. this show called, um, oh, my, what was it called? Um, Accident, Suicide, or Murder. So I was on one of those episodes, and I was the victim in that true crime series so i was okay. working like you know how when like the, the professionals are talking about the case and you sure. see the background and the reenactment that was what the word i was thinking about reenactment uh-huh. of it so I, I've, I've done that like as a reenacting actor and that was an interesting experience because there's really no lines so you're like i kind of feel like maybe a background actor right now like i don't really know because i'm just kind of doing yeah. the actions um, but that was a but really you have to be present the whole time too. Yeah. Did you, were you a, a dead body? No. Well, thank God for that one. I didn't have to do the, like the uh, the. I was the the victim, but it was all of the events leading to okay. the murder, and like we had this one scene um, with the guy who played my boyfriend, where he had to, we were at this bar and he punches me in the stomach. Oof. And so that was actually kind of fun <laughs> to do, <Yeah. laughs> the action. So we had to keep doing that scene. Do you have a choreographer that worked with you or anything? No. But think, like, I would talk, I talked with the other actor. Mm-hmm. So we just made it look like he was. But I was like, you know, if you do, like, you know, a soft punch, I'm totally fine with that. Sure. Um, but it was more about the angle of everything, really. But we just really talked about it. But that was another thing, too. It was more just, like, show up on set and just play around and see what works. Mm-hmm. Like, you're in the restaurant, and you're having a discussion that you saw him with another woman. Action. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, okay. So it, we had, like, all these ad-libs of just trying to figure out something because you just get the action. So then it's like you're making up this scenario because also they don't want to tell you the person or tell you the case because they don't want it to leak out. Sure, of course. So that was just such an interesting experience. Because I had never had that type of experience as well um, before. So that one aired on Oxygen. That was really fun. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. I'd love to do that too. I, I, I love would love to do mysteries. another one. Yeah. They're really popular right now. Oh, yeah. They're very popular. And a lot of casting for um, different series. Because there's so many different ones for these true crimes. I don't know. Because the same thing like you were saying with background acting... I don't want to get like put in that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know that right, same right, like right. she's a reenactment actor and yep. doing all those things. But I would, I wouldn't mind doing another one. But who knows? Who knows? I feel like I, I was also doing a lot of research, and I feel like um, I had, uh, I had looked up and I, I think it was Mariska Hargitay. Mariska, Mariska Hargitay. Hargitay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She was oh, yeah. also in a reenactment. Um, oh, I'm sure she was. Yeah. Oh, what was it called? Oh, uh, she's um. What's it called? Uh, it's like in the nineties. She's the. She's an SVU. SVU, yeah. But the show that she was on, it was like huge in the nineties. Was it um, to catch a. To catch a predator. I think it wasn't to catch. Because this is in the nineties. It was a guy with a deep voice, and. <laughs> okay. It was like, oh, America's Most Wanted. That's what oh, it was. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that, I, that makes total sense. Yeah, so I was like watching all these. Mariska's like, a beast. 
She's, it's she's so an she's incredible to watch. Like, so she, good. I was just watching all these actors who had started doing it. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know what? I'll I'm gonna make it because I'm gonna be I've been in a reenactment show once. But yeah, that was fun. <laughs> It'll come to you. Um, as far as acting, though, to be like super honest. I didn't come to LA like to be an actor. Okay. It just honestly fell in my lap and because I had the tools that were already within me like I um been in theater since I was in high school. Um I went to film school. We had to do acting classes as well. So I've always done acting classes and I was really prepared for it. So then when I came to LA, I was actually looking for an agent for directing. Oh. And then I ended up finding an agent for acting, which was like, oh. <laughs> How That's awesome. I was like, okay, this isn't exactly what I wanted, but it was, it, I definitely, um, took the opportunity, of course. I mean, if there's anything that, you know, comes to you, definitely take it. Um, and that's even opened up a lot of doors that I didn't even think would open doors. Like I was in a Cal Fresh commercial for a minute that was playing all the time oh, wow. which is uh, I'm oh, so wow, happy that <laughs> no I'm so happy that it's kind of wandered off because all my friends oh, yeah. were like I saw you in the Cal Fresh commercial um and then I did like an expanding commercial Comcast and so those were really fun to do and commercials pay really well yeah commercials pay stacks I on stacks yeah way better than guest roles on shows or something like that. Oh, yeah, like, for it, sure. And then you also get um, residuals. residuals. Mm-hmm. You don't get residuals for a TV. Yeah, we're, we're fighting to change that. Yes. We're, we're, we're fighting. We're out there. Yeah, and I really, I mean, look at what happened with the Writers Guild, which was amazing. So they got, they got, they got and their it's great. deal, and it's, I'm so happy. Awesome. Yeah, and I actually have a mentor who's in um, the WGA, so I was so happy. I like sent him a message. I'm like, <laughs> You guys did it. Because, and a lot of naysayers will say, oh, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. No. Keep keep your foot on their necks. That's absolutely right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and we sure did. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, we knocked them right into the ground. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now now, uh, now it's our turn. Like after our, as our meeting on Monday. Yeah. What is thing uh, The second? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on Monday. Yeah, and you know what's so crazy? The strike is actually what pushed me to write my first children's book this year, which uh oh, lights out. <laughs> I guess it's movement. The, <laughs> <laughs> the lights a, came out. That was out. a fun glitch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the, uh, the lights just went out on us. I guess they were they were trying to give us the light, literally, <laughs> as it were. Uh, we're, we're, we seem to well, be back now. I don't know what it, that like, was about, but okay. Occasionally, probably have to like wave my hands. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. We'll just flail a little Spill bit. Do around. a little Kermit. Now come back. Um, oh, but uh, yeah, I was saying like um, the strike was what pushed me to actually write my first children's book this year. So I was an English major, and then I went to film school. But one of my big dreams was writing a children's book. And I don't know why in life I think it happens. It's just time kind of goes by Mm -hmm. and we have other aspirations and dreams that come in and we kind of forget about the other ones. 
or we don't see a way to do it and then it's kind of like pushed into the background. So with the strike, I had um, nothing really going on in the entertainment you know, sphere. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. do anything. <laughs> right. So because of that, I had a lot of downtime to like really think about, okay, what are what am I going to do? What, what is the next thing to do? As so many people in Hollywood right now are going yeah. through, what am I going to do? And so I just had a lot of like meditations and a lot of really deep thoughts and I wanted to do a lot of like inner child healing. Mm. And then those thoughts came in my mind, which was like, oh, I've always wanted to connect to not just my inner child, but also like write this children's book. And I had this story in my mind. And I'm like, you know what? This is the perfect time to do it because there's nothing else going on. And I need my creativity to come out. I felt so stifled. I don't know if you felt that. Like Absolutely. Which is like oh, yeah. the worst feeling it when is. you when you can't express yourself as creative people or as mm-hmm. actors or as writers. It's like we have to be able to do something. And when you're obviously in a strike, there's so many limitations. And that can actually lead to depression and sadness and like Been there. a feeling of yeah. you know no good. No good, yeah. And that's exactly how I was feeling. So I was like, okay, I have to figure out a way to do this or to do something, to just do anything. Um, and I, tr- I had even tried writing, you know, with writing a script. Like, um, I really want to finally do my debut feature film, narrative. I've done a de- uh, feature documentary, which came out last year. Or actually, yeah, two years ago, um, which was One Life to Blossom. And... Now with the strike, I was like, oh, you know, I can start writing. But then it was just this feeling of, I don't know, sadness in a way because of the strike and everything going on. It was like, I just could not get into it. <laughs> it was like, this is not going to happen right now. And I have this feeling of like, I, I don't know if I'm just, I'm just that type of person that's like, when I do something, I want to put it out. Like I want to do the steps to get it. And when I know that it's not capable, I just kind of don't want to do it. So (laughs) that's why I was like, I hear you there. That's why I do this podcast because I record it done. It's out. It's out. Bada bing, bada boom. I'm like, I don't want to wait. I don't want to have that feeling. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah. So, I had this. um, What do they call it? It was like this uh, leap of faith, right? Uh, Or this leap? Yeah. Where I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just going to do it because why not? I have nothing to, I literally have nothing to lose. <laughs> and it's such a fun story. What did you, uh, it's called the Pranky Monkey. Oh yeah, so it's called the Pranky Monkey. And so the first idea that I had, I had was I just wanted this superhero character for kids. Because I, in all that inner child healing, I remembered a lot of things from my own childhood where I, you know, was I was a really quiet kid, and I really hid a lot of my emotions, and I was awkward, and I got bullied a lot, as many of us were, Same. <laughs> which I Same. didn't yeah. even realize that many of us. I got the were I got the full uh, 
comedy movie treatment, uh, you know, yeah. swirlies and stuffed in lockers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was brutal. For me, it wasn't as much physical as it was, like, name-calling, mm-hmm. you know. I was always called, like, weird grandma because I had glasses. Oh, I was a little bit thicker, so then they make fun of my, like, my weight. Or, you know, it was just... Uh, there's always something. <laughs> and um, I was the kid that would become recluse. So I would cry or I would just go away and be by myself. I didn't know how to express myself. And so that's why I always had this like feeling of like, I have to express myself somehow because growing up, I didn't know how to express myself. And then even at home, I didn't know how to express myself. Like I had older sisters and... I, I wouldn't say I got bullied by them, but, you know, like, I was, they thought I was annoying, <laughs> you know? I always wanted to be around them, and it was like, no, I don't want to hang out with you. You're like, you're, you're seven, I'm 17, like, I don't want to be around with yeah. a seven-year-old kid, like, you know? So then that was, on top of just being bullied at school, was that feeling of, like, no one wants to be around me, even at home, like, I'm, I'm an annoyance. So then, bringing it back to now... When I was coming up with this idea, the first idea that I had, which was about like the superheroes, I wanted this character who was in a way like a helper and was this like, you know, I guess like, yeah, like a superhero. And it just wasn't coming together. And I'm, I was trying to figure out like, why is this story not coming together? I wanted a sloth to be a superhero. And it was like... It was a great idea, but something about it just felt inauthentic to me. But then when I really went down into like, like the inner part mm-hmm. of, you know, you're like, you know, like in your oh, soul, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, the story, like this is not, you're not connecting with this character because that wasn't your experience as a child. And I'm, it's also like kind of like hard to hear inner, like, like. Wise. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I really had to like, honestly, I really had to be like, okay, inner Alex or child me, <laughs> what do you want to say? What is the story that you want to say? And then that's when the story came out, The Cranky Monkey, which is all about this little monkey on the forest who watches the other animals all getting along and having fun and having these parties and they're not inviting her and her way of to show them you know and uh, she's lonely like she feels like she wants to also be a part of it as well like why are they not inviting her so she comes up with this this idea like oh the way I can show them you know that I I want to be included is to play these pranks on them like that's the way I'm going to show love (laughs) but the thing is that by playing these pranks they are not happy. Like, they're kind of even getting further and further away. So then it explodes to the point where, you know, she ruins one of the birthday cakes for one of the characters. I want to give everything out. But <laughs> then then they tell her, like, we don't like these pranks that you're giving. And then, But that allows her to be honest, finally, about what she feels. And I think that's a you know, a perfect um, uh, lesson for kids, especially kids like in school, to show them like, it's okay to tell people how you feel. It's okay to express your emotions, especially at that age, because I didn't feel like I could. And 
there was so much that could have been different for me had I had the tools or to just say, I don't like that. Or this is, I don't like when you call me names or I want to be your friend or we can, we can work on this project together. Just being a little bit more communicative, you know, um, it's such a, and it's just such a, it's such a rough age being a child <laughs> for any kid. So I really, that was just like, oh, I, I don't know. It was just this, this revelation of a story that came when I was finally honest with myself and I could actually express that, what I felt as a child. And then that led to the story, which I, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of great feedback with a lot of kids who really actually like this oh, story. And I'm like, oh my God, like it kind of makes me want to cry because it's just like, oh, I, I was so afraid because I'm, I'm an adult. You know, and I'm like I'm writing this story for kids, but I, I'm learning that even as an adult, we still have that child within us. We're always gonna have that child within us, no matter we'll be 80 years old or 90 years old. There's still gonna be that because that's our foundation. Whether we, you know, want to uh, open up to it or not, um, a lot of our issues. <laughs> And a lot of our pains and, and traumas, but also a lot of our personality, all of that started in youth and childhood. And we're just dragging it around. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> that actually worked. The Kermit Armfoil worked. That's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> the light went out on us again. <laughs> Oh, wow. Good break. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. This is, it's, it's kind of very childlike, too. Right? Just, just as you were talking about, you know, like we're at, at recess or at kindergarten or something. You get to, you know, have a little moment. Uh, that, that, uh, that's so wonderful that you were able to, um, to find that outlet and create such a beautiful story from it and something that, you know, kids are are really enjoying, and it's uh, it's really popular. I yeah. I I saw you're getting lots of accolades all over the place for it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly shocked just because when I tell you, if you told me when this year started, <laughs> and I'm laughing now. If you told me January 2023, you're gonna write a children's book, and it's gonna come out, <laughs> I would be like, wow. what? Isn't that crazy? It's the way that the world works, this universe can be really insane if you just allow things to just move the way that it moves. Um, but yeah, it right now it's number one um, for, uh, we. Well, I just put out a Spanish edition of it. So right now we're number one for Hispanic and uh, Latino children's books on Amazon. We are number one for three, almost four weeks for children's um, mammal books, children's ape and monkey books. We're, on, we're in Barnes and Noble right now, uh, books a million online. Uh, so yeah, and I'm just growing it even bigger now. Like we're trying to get it into bookstores, um, libraries, like just, just I, I didn't know that it would get this popular. I really thought it would just be like, my friends <laughs> you know <laughs> like let me send it to my sister and my nieces and the cousins and stuff like that but for it to actually like start 
spreading. And um, we got on a kids, I think it's called Kids Leo magazine, which is like this, you know, like when we were in school and they would have these little like, magazines. Like uh, highlights and um, yes, those yeah, kind of exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those uh, little magazines. I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool! Like just to see. Um, and then we just got uh, our first editorial review from uh, Reader's Favorite, which was awesome. They gave it five stars. I was yeah. like, oh my god, I'm I'm truly, truly, truly humble about it and grateful. Like any anything from it because I, I had no idea it but I think what the lesson from this for me is it's okay to be your authentic self it's okay to just be to just be you know like absolutely and even from childhood when I was saying like with like the emotions I was also a kid that was afraid of just being herself because I felt like people didn't like like wouldn't accept me because I was bullied <laughs> but this reassured me that people do accept me and that it is okay to do something different and to when you are authentically yourself people are going to gravitate toward that and it's so crazy because we live in like well we don't live but we work in an industry that a lot of people will want you to assimilate and want you to be like everyone else and then you'll you'll do those things but then you won't see the success from it or you won't see the rewards from it until you finally do something that's so authentically you and then you're like looking around like but I thought you told me that I was supposed to be like this person yep. like they lie to you they're lying they sure are <laughs> yep typecasting is uh is a whole thing <laughs> yeah they are lying to you if that is you know who you are then yeah you're that's fine but don't assimilate don't assimilate. Just, you know, if don't you have... Don't be a board. Don't be a board. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it, it, this is a, a, a really big lesson for me that I'm, I'm learning as well. And um, I'm excited because I really... I've been pushed by a couple of people that are like, make this a series. Like, do the next one. And so I'm really hoping to talk to a couple publishing, you know, um, companies and seeing if they can make it work. Um, and even if we can't, like, I did this myself. I can do it that's again. That's pretty incredible. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's a lot of work. But also, um, a lot of it's mental games as well. I didn't even realize how much our mind plays tricks on us and how our minds will stop us from doing things. Because literally... I had the idea and I was like, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But it, I um, I had to fast because I had to do like a medical um, test. So I was, I was fasting for a day or two or something like that. But <laughs> I, I didn't realize um, through that fast, I felt like a lot of my brain fog was going on. I didn't so realize how much, ways? yeah, I didn't realize how much food took over my day. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so... I literally was sitting around like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like drinking a gallon of water. And um, I literally was just writing for two days. I wrote this book in two days because I was fasting. Wow. And I was just drinking water. And I had I had to get my mind off of food. <laughs> 
And I was just writing, writing, writing. And my brain fog was gone. I literally could think straight. And I was, and I literally had like this epiphany even while doing that. Like, wow, I literally have wanted to write this book for over 10 years. And in two days. just stayed in there rolling around. And I could have done it had I just had the discipline or had I believed that I could do it and just write it. I literally wrote it in two days. Um, Now the illustrations were a whole other thing. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was about that. Did you, did you get an illustrator? No. So basically, I watched a whole bunch of videos. I also took like this course of like how to self-illustrate your mm-hmm. own book because there's no way I, I would have been able to to do it um, <laughs> uh, without taking this course. I can't even remember what it's called, but um, basically, I used like Canva and oh, a sure. lot of different um, of the editing softwares mm-hmm. and I was able to well, I learned through this course how to layer doing using backgrounds like you you know how like when you make a like an Instagram post or something right sure. if you have like a pink background well then you can layer that with like a blue background on the top with the clouds mm-hmm. and then you can layer that with like a white art on top of the blue to make the like clouds go a little bit lower <laughs> and then you can like add grass and then you can add this oh, tree. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it it's art, but it's so interesting so you how like you built your own. Like so I literally awesome. built my own forest just by adding these layers of different little images. Wow. And then that's literally how I did it. <laughs> and people are like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Yes," because if you were to go on my Canva, you would see like hundreds of just little elements wow. added on top of each other. And yeah. That's how that's you do. amazing. That's so And that's cool. one way to do it. And I actually like doing it that way because it gave like this kind of collage kind of image oh, yeah. imagery in a mm-hmm. way. Um but yeah, that's that is literally how I did it. Yeah. Wow. And it all came together in and one it, piece and yeah. now it's being read. By and that's why it also took so long with the illustrations. It took me almost like 4 weeks of con- of constantly um doing it because I you have to have like the the imagery, like, okay, I want this, especially because I wanted, like, watercolor-ish backgrounds as well. So then I'm like, okay, I had to look up all these, like, watercolor images and then also layering those images on top of others just to see, like, if it could have that effect. So it was was, was hard. I'm not going to lie to you, it was hard. (laughs) still lightning fast, relatively speaking. Because yeah. usually books, I mean, you know, even children's books, you know, they take they take a year. Typically, yeah, they take and a year that's more another. From, yeah, from, you know, first page to actually being released, and usually it's a lot longer. So that's isn't that crazy? Bravo. And also, like, I'm like you, I'm impatient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm impatient. Yeah. When I start something, I want to finish it. Even like when I did my documentary, that took about two years. Which, for a documentary, that's actually really short, if you think about it. The documentaries take five years or mm-hmm. 10 years, 15 years, because you're scattering so much information. But for me, I was like, when I knew the story was done, I'm like, it's done. And then I started working with, well, first I did my own director's cut, and then I started working with an editor to, like, um, make it an actual film, like, 
do the work, <laughs> like the actual real good editorial work. Um, but yeah, I'm just that person. Like when I when I start something, I have to finish it. I have to, and I'm gonna do my absolute best and put everything I can into it because that's if that's my way of expressing. That is my way of being. I don't know, quote unquote, artist or something. Like you know, like that's what I put out. Like that's what I do, and so. I I don't know. It's just me. <laughs> and you did it. And you're doing it. Thank you. I mean, I'm trying. I think, um, like you were saying before, like it's if I had went to publishers, which I'm doing now, it, it takes a long time. And there's a lot of people that are like going to look at your manuscript and then they want to change things and edits. And I don't, it, it's, it's, what's it called like a, a give and take or something yeah, like yeah yeah you can do it yourself and you can get that product out there but then you're going to do a whole lot of work with marketing and getting people to see it and all those things and that's great or you can go the other route which is go the professional route but then you're going to be it's going to be like two years or a year or two or three years for sure but then the good thing is that they're they're putting the money in the marketing and putting it out there and pushing it so you have to really see like which but way no matter go. what you always have to be your own biggest cheerleader right yeah you, you have to as a creative we still have to do most of the grunt work <laughs> exactly <laughs> until yeah. you're working with you know a whole staff of people exactly until you're stuff. like oprah stage or something <laughs> like you know yeah, it's gonna sure. be hard it's gonna be hard work yeah. and um another thing is that you have to love it. You do. Because if if you don't, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to probably feel like, oh, I'm not going to pay for this or I'm not going to pay for this course or I'm not going to pay for, you know, this book cover or paper, you know, other things. And unfortunately, whatever it is that you do or whatever it is that you want, you have to put in a lot of your, you know, time and a lot of your money and things into it thankfully I haven't put a lot a lot of money with this children's book like I honestly it really was just writing the book and then just doing the illustrations through I I did it through Canva but I was able to also import a lot of images through Canva but I like Canva I I'm used to it Canva's great yeah I know some people who do Photoshop Mm-hmm. I, I work on Photoshop because I actually learned how to do um, some animation while I was in film school through it. Um, and also, oh my God, what was it called? There's another program. I can't think about it. But I felt like that was a way too advanced for what I was doing. I just really wanted it to be simple, like a simple children's yeah. book. Because um, I see some children's books that are just so like polished and so like, you know, you can tell it's it's highly elevated. I'm like, no, I kind of wanted, I, I really wanted it to be, or to feel like when I was a kid back in like the 90s kind of children's book to it. So that's why it made it also the illustration a little bit easier. You have to know like what you want and that's going to make it a little bit easier knowing what you can do. What was your favorite children's book as a kid? I, okay, so... <laughs> I don't like them now, but I was I was a huge Bernstein Bears fan. You can like them now. I don't Alexander. know. It's I don't okay. Know. <laughs> it's listen. I mean, you know. Have you seen the TikTok of them no breaking down here the on this podcast? If you still read the Bernstein Bears, and 
Well, we can we can get into the whole conspiracy of the Benjamin Bears. Yeah, right, have you seen the TikToks? I, I have theories. I have theories. I, listen. I'm like I'm side eyeing them now. Like, wait, what were we? we? <laughs> yeah. But I, I love I, them, and I love I the show. When I was you, I have Berenstein Bears books. Have you Steen? <laughs> like at 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 my home in Illinois. I'm they, pretty sure they yeah. exist. I'm pretty because sure my mom has probably somewhere in some I'm, box. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And um, I was even, I didn't, I would say Dr. Seuss, but I didn't, I didn't have that many Dr. Seuss, oh, Seuss yeah. books when I was a kid. I don't know. I, 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 I didn't realize how much older like they were. Hand. Like, I never owned yeah. any of them. I read them at school. And then, I mean, a little bit older, not really children's book, but I used to read the, like, Babysitter's Club books. Oh, yeah. Sure. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I, this was this was moving a little bit more forward in my timeline, but I read uh, like one of my favorite shows, The Animorphs. Uh, oh, by Katie yeah. Applegate, they kind of scared me a little really, bit. Really, really, really bad Nickelodeon series. Yeah, I did not like, like the series. One series. It was one season. It was it was awful. They did it very poorly. Goosebumps, though. Oh, Goosebumps, of, of course. That series was on of point. That was such a good series. I so loved reading that when I was a kid. And then I'm trying to think, like, because I, I mean, that's a little bit older. Because, like, mine's is more, like, I think for, I would say, because the age that I put was, like, three to nine. I put nine just because of, like, the moral lesson. I, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. Imagery-wise, it's definitely going to hit more, like, the four or five-year-old kids. Um, but when I think about that, I think of, like, oh, remember the, um, what was it, the bear? Brown bear? Was it brown bear? Oh, like, I, don't, I don't know. It was the brown bear books. It, I remember those books when I was like really little, like looking at like the picture books. And, um, but I will say when I was doing research and like looking at the books, I was looking at the person. And that was when I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Like Papa Bear was a hot mess. <laughs> He sure was. He was a hot mess. That and whole family. <laughs> I mean, had, had a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Yeah. I'm going to need you guys to, to look back at <laughs> some of these stories <laughs> and the titles. Like, you know, I, I'm like, we don't have to go into But I just look up TikTok and Bernstein Bear. <laughs> y'all are going to see. It's a good rabbit hole. It's, for sure. It's insane. Um, but yeah. And I did, I really, really liked watching the show. And, um, yeah. And, I, I mean, I was also a kid that really liked watching TV growing up. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. Which one did you like, Disney or Nickelodeon growing up? Well, we didn't have cable for a really long time. Oh, okay. So I didn't have, uh, usually when I watched, usually it was Nickelodeon. Because I had to stay up for SNCC. Okay. Uh, SNCC was my jam. Yeah. You know, with all that and, uh, you know, um, of course, Clarissa... And oh, I remember. All those Clarissa shows was, were my yeah. job. Okay. I, I'm i going to be honest. I think I was like, when I was a real little kid, I liked the Disney, like, cartoons. Like, Bear in the Big Blue House. Okay. Okay. And, oh my God, T, uh, PB&J Otter. Oh, wow. That's a new one. Yeah, I remember that show. It was like, it was like for a little moment, they were, I remember the Otters. <laughs> and then Roly Polioli. Okay. I remember all of them. They had such... In, there was, like, this time period where the cartoons were very, like, 
square and round. <laughs> like the the imagery was very different. Um, I remember Caillou, even though I wasn't a real little kid, but I remember Caillou a lot because he was he was around for a long time. Because I remember my niece watching Caillou for a long time, and I was like, they're still showing this kid. Caillou, do you remember Caillou? He was that a the bald headed was... little kid. I never watched Caillou. Um and then I mean I watched Power Rangers, but like that was oh, yeah, I mean those were, I feel like those technically they were for more of the older kids. Sure. And then that, that was Network. right that was right in my scope though. Power really? Rangers. <laughs> yeah. I love Power Rangers. And, my mom uh, wouldn't let me like Ninja watch Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Right, yeah. right with each other. I did. I I wanted to watch a lot of Cartoon Network, but for some reason, like if my mom would walk in, she'd be like, "Why are you watching this?" Like <laughs> I feel like Cartoon Network oh, pushed yeah. the button a little Got bit. Too. For it. <laughs> yeah, because I would watch Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh God, yeah. Oh my God, what a great, what a great cartoon. But it was so good, and I was, yeah. but it was so deranged. Definitely. But it was so good. Dexter's Lab was like. Dexter's exactly so it was like Cartoon Network I had to stay away it was like if my mom if I knew my mom was like work at work or like if she was like in the kitchen or something I would watch Cartoon Network because she sure. wouldn't be watching like what I was watching <laughs> peeking around the corner like what are you watching are you yeah Johnny Bravo sure <laughs> yeah Johnny Bravo was it's it's hilarious when you look back as an adult, like what you're watching as a child. I wonder because now I look at what the kids are watching. I'm like, this is really immature. But all I, the all the Disney and Nickelodeon shows now are pretty much the same show. It's, yeah, it's all just like sugar on screen. <laughs> yeah, it's for you can tell it really is for that demographic of the child. But I don't know. The nineties was like a whole nother thing. It was a whole. It was the nineties. They were thing. acting like it was for children when they Absolutely. know damn well that was I've, not for. I've worked, <laughs> I've worked on some of those Disney and Nickelodeon shows. Oh, like really? I, was, um, I did uh, Nikki, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn. Oh. If, if the title tells you anything, it's just as yeah. insane uh, as it I sounds. I have heard of it. It was, it was. It was. It was wild. It's a wild show. Um, very. Uh, very energetic, very, um, you know, the the kids are very... Um, hyper? Very hyper. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is very hyper. And then uh, I worked on Henry Danger, and that was that was the same way. It's it's now called Danger Force. They, they changed it. But oh, yeah. see, I, I really want to work on a cartoon now, especially now as, I, as an author of, like, a children's book. I'm like, oh, that would be such a, a fun experience. To just do like cartoon acting or like voice acting or something like that. Who knows? A pranky monkey might be able to become a series one day. Ooh. Who knows? <laughs> I'm putting it out into the horizon. Who there knows? You go. Manifest it. Yeah, why not? And then also like uh, when you were talking about like the the shows, <laughs> I remember. Do you remember like the Spider Man show? Which one? I was like, I uh, know, right? It was a cartoon. I think it was on. Was it WB? I could, could have been. There's, it, yeah, there's been it was twenty five different iterations of of Spider Man. Yeah, since I just remember. 90s. Well, there was, was one. the there was the one the the. I don't want to say the main one, but the the one that a lot of people think of is the one that was on around the same time as the X Men cartoon because they because yeah. they intertwine. Inter- in some yeah, point. I think it was that um, one. Yeah, the the nineties Spider Man was 
very cool. Yeah. And it got really deep into some of the some of the arcs of his storylines. It was very, very cool. And that that's the one I grew I, I would watch that I think on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And that one I remember like had a lot of adult stories, kind of like oh, not like adult like bad, but like more like it was for kids, but you could tell it was like they were talking about like real uh-huh. issues. Oh yeah, they got into it. Yeah, that. they definitely mm-hmm. did. So that was another one that I really enjoyed. And it's like it's so much fun like going down the rabbit hole. Like when I was a kid, I used to watch the show Absolutely. Doug oh, <laughs> or like God. Daria. Uh, sure. <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> All those shows were great. Yeah. I, I miss those shows. I miss that time period. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, it's one of those nostalgic things. It's Isn't it funny, nostalgia? Like, at the time, life doesn't seem that great. It's like all, you're all wrapped up in what's going on. But then years later, you're like, oh, what a great time that was. <laughs> For sure. When in, in reality, it was, it was probably just like our present moment right now. <laughs> you know? But, um... Who knows? I, I feel like right now, especially like with people call it the hot strike summer. Now we're going into like fall and, you know, even if the strike ends for, you know, SAG on next week, we're still going to, it's still going to be like a while before things get back into. Get back on track. On track yeah. or, and who knows what that's going to Yeah, because a lot like. of the. A lot of the slates for the upcoming stuff has already been pushed back and back and back. Um, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting time period we're in right now. And even entertainment-wise, I haven't really been feeling, like, accustomed to anything or, like, pushed toward anything. And that's why I think now is this this moment of, like, expressing myself but in a different way or creatively, like, in a different way. And And that's not just me. It's, I think, a lot of us. Right now, we're in this moment or in this predicament where we're like, what do I do with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. What do I do? And uh, it's scary, but if you, if you, um, what's the word? Like, if you live in it and just see what comes out of it, it's actually pretty interesting and pretty exciting. Because, like, I'm here, too, like, this experience, even. Who knew that would happen? The game show experience. Who knew that would happen? Wild, right? Children's book. Who knew? Like, this is a very (laughs) wild year. (laughs) Who knew the strike would go this far? Like, it's it's a very wild year. And and I've just, I've, um, what's the word? They always say it's like, like, meditation. But, like. Um, surrender. Oh. Yeah, like surrendering to it. I just surrendered to 2023. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know and, what's and we happening. we kind of have to. We just got to gotta let it flow as it's going to flow. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been picketing hard every day. And, uh, you know, WGA got it done. Mm-hmm. And SAG-AFTRA is getting it done. And we're, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. We're... You know, AMPTP essentially gave us all the middle finger at the beginning and yeah. trying to put us out of our But our now homes, it's, it's now but, they're uh, seeing it's hurting their pockets as of well. Of course, of course. So it's, it's you know, that's what we had to and do. And LA as a whole is suffering. So it's, 
it's time to like get back to it, but I know it's going to take a while. It's not going to just happen. Right. I mean, you have even people in the WGA right now who, who are still unemployed because their show has been canceled or there's no job to go to. There's nothing to write for. So then, yeah, they're no longer in strike, but there's no job. Right. And they're not picking up any shows right now. Um, you know, it's, again, it's just a really like strange time period right now that we're trying to navigate through mm-hmm. and it's not going to miraculously get better right away but and and just while we're getting through it cuz i know a lot of people like are going to feel like oh well the strike has ended everything is great back to normal I'm like a little bit more realistic where it's like okay it's going to take a, a while back to normal so what do we do at in this moment of getting back to normal. Right. And what does back to normal look like? I have no idea. And we've been uh, in and out of that transition uh, for a while now. Yeah, since so, 2020. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a couple of years it has yeah, been. Yeah. That it's is so drive. true. And I think for me, like, at least, you know, whatever I can put out from my own experience or any advice I could give out there is just to surrender to it. And also, if there is anything that you feel like I've been wanting to do, just do it. Do it. Because you have nothing to lose. <laughs> okay, everything is gone. <laughs> like, honestly, if you think about it, like, you really have nothing to lose at this moment. This is the best time to go out there and do something, if anything. Because before, you probably didn't have the time to do it. Or you didn't have the opportunity in some way to do it. Do it now. If you want to write that book, write that book. If you want to write a poetry book, write a poetry book. If you want to put out a journal, put out a journal. You know, if you want to make a short film, make a short film. Just just do something. And don't allow this to consume you to the point where you're going to get depressed and sad and not know what's going to happen in your life. Because guess what? We all feel that way. We all don't know at this point. So don't get into that 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 sadness. Uh, just surrender to what's going on and then see what comes out of it. Like I know someone also like who's um, going into like academic teaching now too, which was something that they had never thought that was something in their their plan <laughs> in their life plan <laughs> <Curry hands. laughs> but yeah it's just it's also interesting like with life like you might think I know what's gonna happen at this time in my life I know what's gonna happen at this moment I, I'm 30 like I should have this and I should have that and I'm telling you if anything, if, if the pandemic didn't teach us anything, if the strike hasn't taught us anything, is that we have no idea. <laughs> right. We have no idea. So No clue. No clue. So just go out there and just see what happens. And it could fail. So what? So what? Try again. Then you learn. You learn. Try again. I love this Banksy quote that you included in your Shout Out LA article, which is, Art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the conquered. Oh, yeah. And that's a really good place to live. Oh, yeah. And our creativity. And what I love about that quote is that who wants to play safe? If you, uh, I don't know, like, 
to me, art is not safe. That's not even, that's not the, the formation of it, right? It, it's right. an expression. And any expression, it could be funny expression, it could be sad, like dramatic, it could be uh, action or whatever expression is an expression. There are, there, you shouldn't be holding bars when you're expressing yourself. Um, so kind of like what we were saying before, like right now, like what, what is holding you back? Like, just, just do it, express yourself, put it out there. And so what if people don't like it? They weren't going to like it anyway, if it was successful or if it wasn't successful or if it did mid or it doesn't matter what levels it was. There's going to be people that don't like it. There's going to be people that do like it. It's not about that. It's about the expression. It's about the work that you're putting out there. That's the core of it. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. So, and then when, um, with that article, that was especially with like One Life to Blossom, which the documentary that I did, it uh, followed the life of Blossom C. Brown, who is this amazing, um, trans activists uh and she's just done such amazing things like such a great positive attitude and just seeing her life like coming from mississippi almost dying going through hurdles getting rejected from nursing school i believe nine times after having top scores everything and then seeing her navigate from that into the hrc and coming here to LA and just becoming this this voice for the trans community, and um, you know, obviously that's a very uh, what's it called like a pod button issue or something like it's controversial that's, for some people. For some people, yeah, it's a very important issue. It's right an now. important and yeah. it's it it's a real it's reality. You know what right. I mean? It's it's so with that story for me, I a lot of people I know would would not want to, you know, probably do that story. They would probably feel like, oh, it, it might ruffle feathers or, oh, it may not be, someone might not like it or they might, you know, reject it. And it's, that's not what it's about. It's about showing people a story that they would have never probably known before, right? This is someone's story that's going on in this world that we're all living in. And a lot of people might not have access to that, as in a lot of other stories. And that deserves to have a platform as well. You know? Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, I, I really love that quote. It, it's, a, it's a quote that when you're feeling like, should I or shouldn't I? That should definitely push you to be like, oh, yeah, definitely. You should. <laughs> you you should. should. Go for it. Yeah, just go for it. Yeah. Just go for it. Because that is... And if you look at any of the great artists out there, whether we're talking about actual artwork or film or acting, they don't hold back. They don't hold back. They give you everything that they have. They express themselves authentically. So by seeing that, that should show us that we should do the same. For sure. I... I, you speak, uh, I, I, I could just listen to you all day because um, oh, you. you inspire me. Um, Thanks, you're, you're, um, just, you know, 
all of the things that you've accomplished are awesome. Um, I, I definitely want to watch the documentary. I didn't get a chance to, to watch it before the session, but I, um, but I want to see it. And uh, I got to get a copy of The Pranky Monkey. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to send it to you. Um, I will definitely send you a link. Because right now, um, Well Life to Blossom, it's on a couple of different platforms. Um, you can watch it through, I, if you have like Plex or I think it's on Tubi. It's on Prime. Oh, okay. It's on Apple sure. TV. Oh, great. It's on, it's it's, on a couple it's of things. Yeah, it's, it's okay. on a couple of things. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. You just pick one. All right. <laughs> one of them. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, when I came to LA, I came literally a week after I graduated from film school. And it, like I was saying, like with this year, if you had told me that this would be my trajectory, like this, I would not believe you. It's it's so interesting just to see in the past couple of years just how, you know, things have happened. And I think also another thing I wanted to point out was like a lot of people will tell me like, how is it that you like you direct and you act? And, like, you do, like, children's book, like, writing. Like, like it's like in their minds you can only do one thing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? No. Yeah, people love to pigeonhole. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no. No, 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 no. Like, don't think that you can't do something else just because you have one career that you can't do something else. Like, that's insane to me. I At least for me, like, I know I can do a whole bunch of other things. So but I'm going to do it. it. Yeah. And I'm going to keep doing it. Like, right <laughs> you know, stuff. like, I even did like a modeling job, which was really cool, like for like a hair company and different things. Like, you know, I just, I, I don't know if it's just something in date me, which is like, if you have the opportunity to take it, you know, but I do see that a lot of people have this, this feeling of like, well, I'm a doctor. I can't be a comedian. Or I, you know, I'm I'm a teacher. I can't direct a film. What are you talking about? Of course you can. <laughs> like go out there, go out there and do it. Like what the heck? <laughs> so I just wanted to say that because I get that all the time. I'm like, what? Just do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you're passionate about something, you should pursue it. Yeah, you should pursue it, and you don't have to give up one thing to do another. Right. Just find a way to do both. Why not both? I know. I I, mean, I get like probably people That's like why I like love Reese's cups. <laughs> right? It's chocolate and peanut butter, and oh, so delicious. <laughs> this is not an ad, but it could be. I'd love to have a sponsorship. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Alexandrina, it's been a true pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me as well. I'm so happy that you invited me on this. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you came, and I'm so <laughs> glad that you got to be uh, that you got to enjoy the new studio. Yes, and, uh, that uh, and the waving of the right hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a really it's a really cool studio. I've already put pictures up on my website. Oh, it's, okay, uh, yeah, I've already promoted it, but uh, yeah, it's 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 very cool. It's very swanky in here. Oh they, uh, yeah. They also just put in these these new uh, sound blocking. Oh yeah. Panels. The panels make it even cooler. I can't even think straight. My mic. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> I I yeah. I was, like, I was gonna this? have lunch before I got here, but I failed. So same. Yeah, you know? I'm, about, I'm probably gonna go get some like water. Well, we'll right. go outside. Yeah. Go get some <laughs>
Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Alexandrina, you're amazing. And, Thank you. Uh, you're amazing. <laughs> uh, you know where to find the podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. And uh, there's going to be a lot more new episodes coming at you very soon. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us. See you later.